Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders made their first big move of the offseason, hiring Gus Bradley as their new defensive coordinator. Bradley spent the last four seasons as the Chargers defensive coordinator. He was also the architect of the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom secondary as the team's defensive coordinator from 2009 to 2012. You'll remember Raider Nation, two of those teams went to the Super Bowls, winning one. Now, head coach John Gruden, he does have some familiarity with Bradley. His first NFL job was on Gruden's staff with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was serving as a defensive quality control coach in 2006, and then two years as the team's linebackers coach. Now, with Bradley having spent the last four seasons in the AFC West, he is clearly familiar with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers. Two very young, outstanding quarterbacks who figure to be around for a very long time. I have to believe that figured into the decision to hire Bradley. Now, to what extent? I'm not sure, but I believe that it did. As I said in my previous podcast, I think the Raiders nailed it with Bradley. His previous success and resume speaks for itself. During his days with Seattle, Bradley was known to play a cover three defense. And I'll try to break it down for you as simplistic as possible. It's a zone with two corners and a safety dividing up the back end of the field into threes. And then underneath, you have four defenders. Now, Bradley was asked by the media if he planned to stick with that scheme. And here's what he had to say. I think the basis is uh, a lot of cover three. But I think it's evolved since Seattle. Uh, When we went to Jacksonville, there's things that we incorporated. And then once we went to the Chargers, too. So I think it's more multiple than maybe the days, you know, the Seattle days. So, uh, But it really revolves around looking at the personnel that we have and then, you know, putting guys in position to where they can make you know, a, a lot of plays and position them to where they have the ability to make plays. So, uh, you, know, I, you know, that's a, that's a t- task that we'll look at in the next month or so, really evaluate our personnel. Obviously, you're familiar with some of the guys, but I think to be true to everybody to really sit down and watch film before we talk really candidly about each player is important. Well, you can certainly tell by the excitement in his voice, Bradley is fired up for this opportunity, and we all know he's going to have his work cut out for him, trying to overhaul a Raiders defense that allowed the most points 
in team history. Now, I mentioned earlier, Bradley is very familiar with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. He'll have an opportunity to watch them on Sunday as they host the Cleveland Browns in one of the AFC Divisional Round matchups. There's a total of four games this weekend, which means there's more bets that you could lock in right now. And to do that, you need to go to betonline.ag. Now, looking at this weekend's matchups, I like Green Bay to knock off the Rams. I think Aaron Rodgers has had an unbelievable year, and it'll continue in this divisional round this weekend. I'm going with the Ravens on the road to beat Buffalo. I think the Chiefs are going to take care of business at home against the Browns. And I like Tampa Bay over the New Orleans Saints. The Saints beat the Bucs in their two regular season matchups. But I think it's just so difficult for a team to beat another team three times in the same season. Now, whatever you're feeling, whether you like my picks or you have your own, then you should head to betonline.ag today because it has it all from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And then there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all those great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get back to the Raiders now. And hopefully next year, we'll be talking about them in the postseason. Wouldn't that be nice for a change? So we need to be realistic about what Bradley has to work with on the Raiders' current state of the roster. He inherits a very young, a very inconsistent, and sometimes awful unit that includes guys up front like Clee Farrell, Max Crosby, linebackers Nick Kwiatkowski, and Corey Littleton. And in the secondary, you got the corners Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett. And on the back end, their safety, Jonathan Abram. Now, I already talked about how many points they've allowed. In terms of yardage, they were ranked 25th overall. 26th against the pass, 24th against the run. And in terms of creating turnovers, they ranked 30th. And they also recorded just 21 sacks. Here's what Bradley had to say about assessing the defensive talent. First and foremost, it's, it's to build what uh, obviously the, the staff, previous staff has, has done here. I mean, it's, you're doing a great job with fundamentals and things like that. And then you involve a new system. What I would say is it is a system now we have in place. And there's things that are non-negotiables, but, but we also don't want our players to be robots. There's things that we do that we feel strongly about. And it's really based on fundamentals and, uh, you know, things like communication, fundamentals, tackling, um, you know, guys, a get off you know, up front with the defensive line. So there's some non-negotiables like that. It's an exciting defense to play, and I would say that the players will be very excited to be a part of it because they know that they're going to have the ability to play fast. And I think it's our job as coaches is really to evaluate the players and then put them in position to where they can make plays. And like I said, for me, to be fair to the players, that's what's going to take place the next month or so. You know, we're going to be heavy in tune to it. I'm excited about a guy, um, Coach Rod Marinelli, is going to be a part of this staff. 
And he was another big reason why this was so important, I think, to take a look at this opportunity. I've got great respect for Coach Marinelli, and he'll be a great sounding board along with you know guys like Travis Smith and um, in, in understanding some of the personnel things. But as coaches, you got to you know, watch the tape and formulate your own opinions as well. All right, let's break down the defensive personnel, and we'll begin with the big boys up front on the defensive line. Now, as I just mentioned, the Raiders had just 21 sacks, which is the second lowest total in franchise history. And do you know that sacks became an official stat in 1982? I mean, I wonder why the NFL waited so long for that. Max Crosby and Cleve Farrell, well, they both regressed in terms of their sack totals. And Jonathan Hankins, I mean, this is a remarkable. He was the only starting defensive tackle to register a full sack. Carl Nassib and Malik Collins, well, they were signed to provide additional pass rush, uh, but they combined for just two and a half sacks and simply didn't provide the productivity the Raiders were looking for. I mean, during the season, Nassib was a healthy scratch twice. Clearly, there's a need for a better pass rusher on both the edge and on the inside. And I wonder this, Raider Nation, would the Raiders be better off moving Farrell inside full-time? I know he rotates there, and he plays on the edge as well. But perhaps just move him inside permanently. I mean, he's very solid against the run, and he really hasn't proven to be the pass rusher the Raiders envisioned when they selected him with the fourth overall pick in the 2019 draft. And let's not forget some of the cast-offs that the Raiders brought in. Chris Smith, David Irving. Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley. Oh, yeah, they provided a lot of productivity. One sack. McKinley never even played. I mean, that used to work for the Raiders back in the 70s and 80s when late owner Al Davis would sign players like Jim Plunkett, John Matuzak, or Lyle Alzado. Most thought they were either washed up or their better days were behind them. But they were still productive. Plunkett winning two Super Bowls as a starting quarterback. But unfortunately, his philosophy hasn't bode well lately for the silver and black. And whomever the Raiders decide to keep in terms of personnel, let's hope the tackling gets better next year. The Raiders were the worst team in terms of missed tackles this season. I mean, I feel like that's something that can be cleaned up with better technique and practice habits. Now, we all know they struggled to get to the quarterback but they weren't very good about getting in the backfield as well and had just 61 tackles for loss, which ranked 20th in the league. I mentioned Malik Collins earlier. I mean, Gruden hyped him up so much before the season. And let's face it, he was largely invisible. Now, I like Jonathan Hankins. I think he's solid. Mo Hurst, okay. When he's available, he's not bad. But I remember when he came out of Michigan, everyone was raving how the Raiders stole him in the draft. Three years later, I don't think he was a steal. And please, please tell me Arden Key won't be back next year. I mean, right now, the only thing that I can think about when it comes to him is grabbing the face max of Miami Dolphins quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, let's look at the linebackers now. And Nick Kwiatkowski, I think, was the Raiders' most consistent linebacker all year. I know the bar isn't set very high with this group. But moving forward, I think he'd be a solid, productive player in the middle for the silver and black. 
And when Kwiatkowski missed a couple of weeks early in the season, Nicholas Morrow filled in as a starter and took advantage of his opportunity. He finished the year with 78 tackles and played well in pass coverage, I thought. He got an opportunity, and he was a great surprise. Now, he's an unrestricted free agent, and it's possible he could land elsewhere. I mean, I would like to see him back next year, but I certainly wouldn't overpay for him. And how about Corey Littleton? He was supposed to be the linebacker the Raiders had been searching for since they went to the Super Bowl in 2002. Unfortunately, he was MIA all year. And even admitted after the season, he didn't come close to his potential. If you're old enough to remember the scene in the movie Animal House, where Dean Wormer is going over grades and says to Mr. Blutarski, zero point zero. Well, he could have been talking about Littleton's stats this year. Zero sacks, zero turnovers. All right, let's move to the secondary now, and we'll begin with the safeties. And, you know, entering the season, we knew Jonathan Abram was going to be aggressive in pass coverage, but I don't think anybody knew how bad it was going to be or could have been any worse than anyone could have imagined. The 2019 first-round pick from Mississippi State made numerous mistakes in pass defense and, according to Pro Football Focus, was the team's worst safety in coverage. On top of that, he needs to stay healthy. He missed almost his entire rookie season. He played just a half against Denver and got hurt. And he missed three games in 2020. If he doesn't make huge strides next year, oh, I don't think it bodes well for him moving forward in silver and black. Eric Harris, so good in 2019, not so good in 2020. And it appears he won't be back next year after posting a video on Instagram with him singing Boys to Men End of the Road song. How about Jeff Heath? Contributed three interceptions to lead the team. And that's about all he did. Now, I'm wondering if the Raiders don't take a flyer on Earl Thomas. He's obviously familiar with Gus Bradley, having played for him in Seattle. Thomas will be 32 in May. And I know he had his issues in Seattle, then in Baltimore. But after sitting out last year, maybe he's changed. We don't know. But we do know this. He would provide a lot of toughness back there and a lot of leadership to a very young secondary. Something to think about. Something to keep an eye on. Now to the Raiders' corners. Trayvon Mullen had a solid, if unspectacular, year. And I think he's established himself as a good number two corner. But that's the problem right there, Raider Nation. If he's a number two, then that means the Raiders don't have a number one. And the jury is still out on Damon Arnett, who had a very disappointing rookie season. I mean, there's just no way to sugarcoat it. He missed seven games because of a thumb injury, a concussion, and COVID-19. Gruden even said after the season, he's got to prove that he can be available. Now, we all know Arnett is very talented, but he's got to show it. He's got to be healthy. He's got to practice. You get better by practice. You get better by being experienced, playing in these games. Jury's still out on him. LaMarcus Joyner, I think he could be on his way out. He's due to make nearly $9 million next year, but if the Raiders cut him, 
It would be a cap hit of just $2.5 million. I don't think he's ever lived up to the big money free agent deal he got. So with a new coordinator coming in, his days could be numbered. Another player to keep an eye on in free agency who could add some veteran leadership and is also very, very familiar with Gus Bradley is Richard Sherman. Raider Nation, I have always been a big fan of his, whether it's with the Seahawks or the 49ers. And I know he's on the back end of his career, and he was limited to just five games a year ago because of injuries. But I think he might be worth a look. The Raiders offseason is off to a great start. I think they nailed the defensive coordinator higher. Now let's turn the page. What can they do in free agency? And then what can they do in the draft to get the pieces in place for Gus Bradley to turn this unit into a real NFL defense? All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts on the coffee corner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.